Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you all in 2023. Uh, just want to share a couple things with you before we get into the message this morning. Um, this morning we're starting a, a series on spiritual disciplines um, for 2023, and we're going to spend the next several months going through those. Uh, if you don't know about spiritual disciplines, these are things that have been around for literally thousands of years, um, intentional ways of connecting with God, um, and we're going to start this morning by talking about prayer, because prayer is a spiritual discipline, but each month we're going to talk about different spiritual disciplines. Um, I'm not sure how long we're going to stay on that. We'll see where that takes us, but it's an invitation into this new year to to grow and deepen in our relationship with God, and so I'm excited uh, with that. The other thing I want to let you know about, and, and we've had these conversations before. They've come up at different times, is, but one of the desires that we have as a church is to um, help people discover their spiritual gifts. That's a big part of the New Testament church and what the New Testament church is supposed to be doing and, and living into, and... Um, it's that's a challenging thing, and the church actually hasn't done a great job as a whole of of teaching people how to do that, and, and the church is divided on on that, in fact, which is really sad. Um, but that's already begun at Washington. We've we've had classes on it. We've had people who've had give different gifts try to gather together and make sense of some of these ways that God moves in us. We've had people with the gift of mercy um, get together several times and trying to piece that together and understand that better so that they can use that gift. Because at the end of the day, all the gifts are for building up the body, um, for for deepening and encouraging us as believers. Um, people with a prophetic gift have have gotten together, and we're gonna. Um, spend more time doing that in the, in the coming year as well. Uh, but there's, there's another group that's, that started several months ago, and, and it was a, a group around preaching and teaching. And that's a, also one of the spiritual gifts. But that's, that's oftentimes one of the hardest spiritual gifts to develop in the church because it's really hard to find space to practice those gifts um, and to develop those gifts because and, and, uh, nobody likes to get up and talk in public. Because uh, so, it can be nerve-wracking, um, and there's a fear around that, and I think that uh, it's fascinating to think about why that there's a fear around that when that's one of the things that God calls us into. But a group came together, and and uh, Jacintha Murphy and I um, started talking back and forth, and, and a passion arose, and so a group was birthed out of that passion and out of those conversations, and, and she gathered a group together, and they began to, to study the scriptures and to learn how to study the scriptures in order to teach them. And... And so I, as we talked, I said, well, I, I want to encourage that, and I want to be a part of a church community that encourages that. And one of the things that that means is, is that we, we're willing to try and fail. We're willing to um, lift people up and, and see if, if, if it is, a, is one of their gifts and, and see what happens with that. And, and that's exciting to me. Um, but in order to do that, that requires grace from the community um, to live that out. And, but I think we are a graceful community to do that. Uh, and so I told her that that uh, I would give her the second um, or the the last of of every other month a Sunday to cultivate to to give space for people to teach and to practice because um, I'm not I'm not afraid to to do that to bring people up and and uh, and give them the opportunity to try out their gift and so we get to do that this morning um, and so. 
This morning, Bethany Rodriguez from that group is going to come and, and teach us and share with us and, and begin to, to ask the question, is this her gift and, and to use that gift? And so would you join me in welcoming Bethany Rodriguez? Good morning. <laughs> As I was preparing the past couple days, one image that God brought forth for me, here at Washington we have a vision statement, and if you're not familiar with it, we'll recite it at the end of the service. Um, but we also have four images that go along with it. And one of the images is of a person diving off of cliff <laughs> and taking that leap. And that is what is standing out in my mind as I prepare for this. As I see others in the community taking that leap and sharing that with us and doing it together, this is me adding to that because we all do it together. And so I pray that God will receive it and you will receive what he has for you in this today. So one of the other images that God brought forth for today is something that I've been living with daily. Um, we moved into a new house almost a year ago um, at the end of the month, and my favorite space in the house is in the back. It's a bonus room. Um, we call it the snug. <laughs> it is where we have wood-paneled walls and a fireplace and bookshelves overflowing with our favorite books and big comfy chairs, and we love to sit in there. We do puzzles in there. We read together in there. It's our favorite space. Um, so each day, the rhythm in our house is that Jeff, my husband, gets up first really early at like 4.30, and he goes downstairs to have his time with God. And while he's down there in the snug, he lights the fire. And he does this every day that it's cold. And he turns on these white twinkle lights above the mantle that I adore. And when he's done with his time with God, he comes upstairs to our room and we pray together, and then I get to go down to the snug. And it is a place that I desire to go every day. It is filled with warmth. At this point, the flames are roaring. The blowers have turned on. You can feel it when you walk out the door of our bedroom, even. It comes that far. The heat is so strong. And I walk down into this warm, glowing space that is so inviting, instead of this cold, dark space that Jeff started with. And it's a, it's a gift. But Jeff goes upstairs, and he gets ready for work. And what do we do with the fire? If we want it to stay warm, we have to keep tending it. I'm downstairs all day long with the kids. It has to keep going. We have to add wood to it. We have to poke it and turn it around and get oxygen flowing into it so that the flames can grow higher. But even before that, we have to notice it, right? We have to keep coming back to it. We can't just check it every three hours and hope it's okay. You keep looking. You keep walking back. You keep your eyes turned towards it. But sometimes 
I get busy. <laughs> there are dishes to do. I have, I'm homeschooling my kids. I'm worried about math. I'm not thinking about the fire until it gets cold because it affects all the rooms, right? Or until I hear my daughter say, Mom, we need another log on the fire. And sometimes she'll even go get it for me and she'll place it next to it. Come on. <laughs> and I have that choice. Am I going to add the log? Or am I going to wait and see what happens? Fire is often the symbol of God in the Bible. Moses in the burning bush, the Holy Spirit coming as tongues of fire, a burning fire in the tabernacle. Leviticus is a book of laws and regulations. It's mostly for the priests, but it was also for the nation of Israel as a whole. It was a set of instructions. It was to instruct them in holiness so that God could dwell among them and bless them. In Leviticus chapter 9, we see the priests beginning their ministry and Aaron's performing the required sacrifices as he was instructed. Um, in Leviticus 9, 23 through 24, it says, Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting when they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy, and they fell face down. Fire came out of the presence of the Lord, and in the sacred space for worship in the tabernacle is where his presence would dwell. Fortunately for us today, we don't need to go to one specific space for worship or to be in the presence of God because of a new covenant was established by the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. God has put his fire in us. We don't need to provide the fire. We can't provide it. It is a gift from God alone. So just like when Jeff starts the fire in the morning, it's a gift. It's how he shows me that he cares for me. It's how he loves me in action. And God shows his love too. He put his spirit in us. He wants to be with us. He wants to be in relationship with us intimately. But we can't have relationship if we're not communicating, if we're not speaking and listening Prayer is the practice of cultivating a relationship with God through speaking and listening. And I would also say that that listening includes awareness. Author Tyler Staten calls this attunement, being aware of the presence of God when we are neither talking nor listening to God as our primary activity. So when we're having coffee with a friend, God is there. What is he opening us up to? What is he saying there? When we're sitting at stoplight after stoplight when we're late for work, what is God inviting us into in that moment? And that doesn't always come easy. We don't like that. Communication is hard. We have to work at it. We have to train ourselves to be more aware. Just like we walk and talk and read and write, we have to learn to pray. And God wants to teach us. 
He wants to guide us and counsel us. When the disciples said, teach us to pray, Jesus didn't say no. (laughs) He said, when you pray, pray like this. Psalm 16, 7 through 8 says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Throughout this whole entire psalm, David is talking about living life in companionship with God, the joys and benefits of walking this life with him. One of the commentaries mentioned how David says he um, keeps his eyes always on the Lord. That is the direction he wants his life to go. And as he's doing that, God comes to his right-hand side. He's right there next to him, with him in it. He wants to be our companion. He wants to come warm us by the fire. He wants to shed light on our walk as we walk through this life with him and with others. And we need to remember, the fire is not always burning just in the morning. God doesn't have office hours for when the fire is burning. (laughs) It's all day long. I've had a daily quiet time with God in the morning for a lot of years. And being outside of my struggle right now, I can look back and see how that has looked differently. Every season of life, all the things going on has shaped my morning time and what it's looked like. But when you're struggling, it's hard to look back and see that. But somewhere along the line, I started thinking that my time with God in the morning didn't look like it should. Like I had this picture in my head of these are the things I'm supposed to do, and this is the checklist I'm supposed to mark off, but I wasn't checking it off. It was really hard. I thought, man, I'm supposed to have silence as part of my time with God in the morning. Isn't that what good spiritual Christians do first thing in the morning? Now, please hear me out, because I think silence is very important and an integral part of that walk with God. It's rich and fulfilling. But what I'm saying is that we need to listen to how God is both meeting us where we're at in that moment and where he's leading us. What practice will bring us closer to God in that moment or season of life? God knew that I had a lot of things on my mind. He knows that I'm a verbal processor and I like to talk a lot. (laughs) All these thoughts that I wanted to let out. He was saying, bring it. (laughs) Come sit by the fire and tell me. I want to hear it all. Yet, I was trying to create this experience or force this experience to happen with God, and it wasn't happening. Thoughts kept flooding into my head, and all I wanted to do first thing in the morning was talk to him. I realized now I just wanted a conversation with him. But Instead of trusting the desire that he put in me, I kept trying to push it down and was beating myself up over it because it wasn't what I thought I should be doing at that time. So God, in his gentle, kind way, sat me down in front of a literal fire every morning and said, come, sit, let's do this together. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. 
I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. God wants to instruct us. He wants to direct us and guide us where we should be in that time. And he does it lovingly. He's kind and compassionate, slow to anger. Jacintha gave a sermon on this a couple months ago that's beautiful. And if you need reminding of that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. The words that pours out in the Psalms about how kind and compassionate God is and how much he loves us. Psalm 139, 1 through 4 in the message states, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. (laughs) God knew everything that was on my mind. He knew the exact questions I had and what I wanted to pour out to him, yet he wanted to draw me deeper into relationship with him. And so he was willing to wait till I could speak it. Prayer is the practice of cultivating a relationship with God through speaking and listening. Now my struggle is strange in that I struggled with the speaking part, Well, most people struggle with the listening, but maybe not. Maybe you're struggling to talk to God, too, to open up to him, to give him all the details. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time. Maybe it's not the speaking that you're struggling with. Maybe it's the listening, or maybe it's the awareness of God's presence all throughout your day. Prayer doesn't only happen in the morning, yet I think we can put so much pressure on this time in the morning. It's important, for sure. It sets the tone and the direction of our day. There are times when I just, the minute I opened my eyes, I said, help me today, Lord. And that's what I could give in that moment, and he blessed that. And, and as my seasons change, my morning time changes, and, and it looks differently now than it did then, and it'll look differently in the weeks to come. But the morning is not the only time when we feel the warmth of the fire. Jeff starts the fire for me, and I have to tend it all day. We need to tend our relationship with God. We need to pay attention to it. We need to add wood. We need to poke it around and move the pieces and get the oxygen flowing. Another side of my struggle as to why I was so confused when I thought, God wasn't meeting me in the morning was that I knew God wasn't silent. I knew he was near. I could hear him in other times of the day. So why was the morning so hard? What was I doing wrong? I figured I must not be as close to God as I thought. Aren't we so quick to doubt ourselves in those moments when God is kind and patient with us instead? But this is where reflection can be really helpful because when I look back at those other parts of the day and see how God was sitting at the table with me while I was homeschooling my kids and he was giving me words when I wasn't patient, when I was staring at the, at the sink doing dishes again for the 20th time that day and staring out the window and able to see his beauty, when I heard him call me exquisite, through the blessing a mentor was reading over me in the car while I went to pick up groceries 
and get gas. I noticed my time of prayer and silence with God wasn't just in the morning. It was all throughout the day. We can't just count those moments because God is in all of life. God is life. He wants to be burning bright with fire in us all the time. We have to open ourselves up to a deeper awareness of him everywhere because he is constantly there. But sometimes we just don't hear it. We need others in our lives so that we can help each other. Like Madison calling out and saying, Mom, we need another log. The warmth from our fire affects those around us, and theirs affects us. We're in this together. Hebrews 3.13 says we are to encourage one another daily. Ephesians 5, it says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. So when we get that nudge to text someone or call them or we hear a song and think of them and want to share it with them, but we say, no, they wouldn't like that. I don't want to bother them. They're at work at this time. We're so quick to put that down, but if it's going to encourage them, why not do it? right? We have to trust the flare of that flame that tells us to text or call so that we can send out that warmth, so that we can encourage one another. We need to tend to our prayer life the way we would tend to a fire, a real fire, just like Jeff starts the fire, an actual fire in our house. The priests in Leviticus were instructed to keep an actual fire burning, Leviticus 6, 12 through 13 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Again, we don't need to worry about the fire going out in us. God has put his fire in us. It's a gift. He's not leaving. Still, there's still something for us here today in this passage. 1 Peter 2.9 says we're a royal priesthood. Part of the job of the priest is to tend the fire. Commentary by Matthew Henry, when he's talking about the priests and what they're doing, he said, by keeping the fire up continually... All their sacrifices might be said to be consumed with the fire from heaven in token of God's acceptance. Thus, should the fire of our holy affections, the exercise of our faith and love, of prayer and praise, be without ceasing. I think that's similar to what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be aware at all times. So what do we do with this? How do we practice the practice of prayer? Maybe the thought of speaking to God is overwhelming. Maybe you don't know what to say or you're nervous to give it all. I would suggest maybe start by borrowing prayers. Bonhoeffer calls the book of Psalms the book of prayer. <laughs> Find a scripture that's meaningful to you. What is one scripture that you keep coming back to that pulls you in and sit with that? Speak that out. 
Let that be your prayer until you can find the words to speak on your own. God led me to the Psalms when I was struggling. That's my favorite place to settle. And here I was, by a fire, reading the words of someone pouring their heart out to God. And God was telling me, you can do the same. I want your heart poured out too. Maybe it's the listening that is hard. So start with one question. Ask it. Sit. Listen. 30 seconds. A minute. It'll grow the more you practice it. God, what are you calling me into? Where can I find five minutes a day with you, God? Where do I find calm in all the chaos and stress of work? Ask and wait. Maybe it's the awareness. Awareness is just another way to help us get to know God, to see and listen where he is moving throughout our day. So start with reflection. The daily exam is something that's not new around here. It's a practice of looking back on your day, asking a specific set of questions. Um, you can do that. You can start with just a couple questions. Look at the last couple of days, the past week. I remember when our kids were little, we would practice at the table, the highs and lows, the mud and the sparkle. Where did you feel happy today or sad? As an adult, where did we feel most alive? Where did we feel most bleak? Where did we have a lack of warmth? The more we reflect, the more our ability to notice in the moment will grow, to notice those things Notice God as he's speaking or to see it more clearly when we look back. So I'm going to pull a Jimmy here and we're going to practice tending the fire together because what happens here matters because when the prayer team in the back room prays in the morning and their fire is burning and it spreads to all of us and when our fire, when we practice that prayer and it starts burning and we interact with others in our church community and our daily lives, it spreads. People feel that warmth. We need to share that with each other. So we're going to practice together. As we move into 2023, this first day of the year, it's a great opportunity to make tending the fire of prayer a priority in our lives. So we're going to take time to both talk and listen. Um, Bridget's going to play, and I'm going to walk you through some questions to ask yourself as you're sitting here communicating with God. So I'm just going to ask you to find a position that's comfortable, something that leaves you open to what God might be speaking to you as you listen with your whole body. And we're going to close our eyes. And I'm going to ask some questions and I'll end us in prayer. So as you close your eyes, I want you to think about your own home. Where's your fireplace? For me, it's an actual one, but for you... It might be a certain room or a specific chair where you come to meet with God. Think about that spot in your mind. I want you to picture yourself walking up next to it, sitting down in it, 
picture yourself having a conversation with God. What do you want to say to him? who sit by the fire, tending it daily. Lord, that you would bring us into deeper awareness of you in our lives, of the counsel you want to give us, of your gentle hand guiding us all throughout the day. I pray, Lord, that as we grow in relationship with you, that we would grow in relationship with one another. Lord, that we would keep our eyes on you as you become our companion and walk next to us. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Before we close our time uh, together this morning, there's one last thing before the benediction I wanted to share with you. One of the gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 is, is called a word of knowledge. And a word of knowledge is one of those gifts that kind of freaks us out because we don't know what to do about it. But it's essentially when God tells us something about what he wants to do or what he wants to accomplish. Or, and oftentimes a word of knowledge will be shared when, when maybe healing is taking place and God wants to uh, to pray for around healing, or it could be around repentance. It could be around all, all kinds of different things, but essentially God kind of shares his heart with somebody. And, and the point of that is that God wants to use us and not just do it on his own. And so um, I want to invite Mike up and Mike shared with me a word of knowledge that kind of came to him at the beginning of the service before we even started. And after he shared it with me, I thought, wow, we need, everyone needs to hear this and be encouraged by it. So so when I walked in the door this morning, Jimmy said, hey, Mike, if there's a word of knowledge that God gives to you for our church for this upcoming year, I just want you to pray about that. So I was like, all right, Jimmy, whatever that is, um, no big deal. And so I was just praying this morning during the worship song, and um, the image God gave me um, was that he wants to grow a fire in this church. And I was like, oh, that's a very kind of general thing. But he started pray I started hearing that. It's like there's this fire that he wants to grow, the spirit that he's going to bring the fire. And he said to me that he wants to offer an invitation for other people to be tenders of the fire. This is before the sermon, you guys. And so I'm just like sitting there, I'm like, oh, tending the fire. Okay, we're supposed to be tending the fire. And so as I was just praying and processing through that, um, the picture came from me to of Elijah as he came and he prepared the offering as Elijah stood against the prophets of Baal and he brought the fire together. And God brought the fire, but he did the tending work. 
And for me, as I was processing and praying, it was like an extension from God saying, hey, look guys, 2023, there's an invitation going out for you guys, for all of us to say, hey, how are we gonna lean into that invitation that God has set before us to do work with the gifts that God has given us? Maybe, maybe it means pursuing our gifts, right? One of the things the Bible talks about is eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts. And so for me, that's something I've been thinking and praying about. It's like, maybe I need to lean more into that. And so just a word that the Lord gave to me, I looked up after I was done praying and I saw this fire on stage and I was like, this is hilarious. Um, and um, it's cool to see what God does. So thanks for letting me share, Jimmy. Would you pray that over us? Yes, absolutely. God, we, um, we're here for you. And this life that we have is for you. It is given by you. Lord, there's no place for us to be fire tenders where that's not a title we deserve. It's not something we um, should be afforded. And yet you have chosen to do work with us, your people, your creation. You've said, hey, let's do this life together, Lord. And so I thank you for that. And I thank you that you've given us that opportunity. And it's my prayer for myself and for the people here today that we would not shirk or pass up that responsibility, Father, but that instead we would step into it and say, God, wherever you want us to go, that's where we're going to go. 2023 is a new year, and it's a great opportunity for us to walk with you, Lord. And so I pray right now in my heart, and I pray that be true in our hearts, Lord, that we would walk with you this year, that we would tend the fire faithfully, that we would tend it in new ways, in different ways than maybe we felt comfortable with before, and that we would remember that it's not us creating the fire, Lord, it's you, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this time. In your name we pray. Thanks, Mike, for sharing that. Would you stand as we uh, are taking the benediction? I'm going to invite Bethany to come back up and share the benediction. Lead us in the benediction. We'll put it up on the screen and we'll read it together. We are a community of disciples of Jesus Christ, embodying the power and giftings of the Holy Spirit, cultivating space for healing and living in and expanding God's kingdom on earth. Go and tend the fire. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.